So whenever you want something, you're probably like everybody else. You just Google it, right? Well, maybe Google's not the best search site for everything. There are certainly alternatives to Google, even sites that don't track what you do and where you go. But there are search sites that I use just to find, well, particular things. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. And by the end of this podcast, you're going to discover new search sites that will give you the information that you need with a lot less hassle and maybe even some more privacy. Because that's what we do here on Commando On Demand from Commando.com. We talk to industry movers and shakers and keep you current on everything digital. New episodes are posted every Wednesday and every Friday. So make sure that you subscribe so you never miss one of them. We're going to get started in the search engine sites that you're going to love and use time and time again. But first, I'd like to recognize our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Google now processes over 1.2 trillion searches every year. That's about three and a half billion searches every single day or about, yes, we did the math, 40,000 searches every single second. There's no denying it. Google is absolutely the go-to search engine for the majority of us. We use it so much that Google has become a verb. Just Google it. We now say that all the time. So Mike and I were talking about Google the other day. And you know Mike, Mike James, right? He's been our technical director for the show for over 15 years. Mike and I are not just coworkers. Mike and I are pretty much friends. So I asked Mike to join us on this podcast about search sites because, hey, you know what? If you can't talk about Google with your friends, who can you talk to about it with? So here is the mighty Mike James. Thank yes. you, Kim. And I actually did some research, surprisingly. No. I did. You did I research? did homework this time. And I never oh did it in gosh. school. I do it for you. But anyway, you know that over 92% of the world's searches go through Google. That's and crazy. it's not even a close second, third, fourth, or fifth. We've wait, got... no, wait, wait. So we have 92% is Google. Yes. Okay. So is number two, is it Bing or Yahoo, or you have DuckDuckGo, you have StartPage. It's actually very good. You actually named them in order. Bing is number two. Yahoo is number three. No, DuckDuckGo didn't show up, but it is a very popular site. But so Google has all the searches. Uh Okay, Bing, they're so desperate to get you on board that they'll actually pay you (laughs) to actually use Bing. And still nobody's using them. So that tells me. I don't know anybody who uses Yahoo search. No. Okay. So there are things that Google, they're just not good at. Like, for example, I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to me. You're sitting there on a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, what have you. And you're looking for something really good to watch. So you start grazing. You look at the grid. You go over to Netflix and Hulu and YouTube. And then you're at like iTunes and you think to yourself, all right, maybe it's Amazon Prime where I can find something. So then you start Google searching like things to watch on Netflix. Or in my case, it's always true story movies because I only like to watch movies that are true story. But then I found this search site that totally changed my outlook. So like, for example, if you're looking for a movie to watch and you say, you know what, is it free on Netflix? Should I buy it on YouTube or should I rent it on Amazon Prime or is it part of my Amazon Prime membership? Okay. Now, think about all those questions. How would you go about answering that? 
It's too much. There's no, too many it's just, options. It's too much. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, like I mentioned, you have Netflix, Prime Video, Hulu, Amazon, which is you just buy the movie there. You don't have to be a Prime member. HBO Now. You have YouTube, Google, of course, iTunes, Roku, CBS, Hoopla, CW, Stars, Fandango, Voodoo. The list goes on and on and on. So there's this great little website called Just Watch, and it's actually pretty amazing. Because what you can do is you say, okay, show me what's new, show me what's popular. When you want to search for a movie, you just type in the movie in the search. It tells you where that movie is playing, how much it is for you to rent or how much it is for you to buy it. It's really great. But now you go ahead, try to do that on Google. It just doesn't happen. But you can also fine-tune and filter the results any way you like. So by year, rating, price, genre, quality, age rating. This is really, as I mentioned, extra useful if you're wondering if a movie or TV show is something you can get for free on another streaming site. Just Watch isn't the only site like this. There's also another site called Go Watch It. And there's another really cool feature. If you're just looking for something new to watch, the timeline can show you what's new on any particular service at any given date. Whatever happened to TV Guide? I think they're still around. Yeah, they're probably digital now, right? Did you ever buy the TV guide? No. My dad used to get the TV guide. Okay. See, in my household, we would never buy the TV guide because my father was too cheap to buy the TV guide. And I was like, oh, dad, buy the TV guide. You know, like at the supermarket. Uh-huh. He'd be like, no, we get the free version in the Sunday paper. Which Why would we never do that? as good. No, it wasn't. You had enough stories. You didn't have the puzzle, the pictures, things like that. Now, what about kiddos? The worst thing you can do is put your little child onto Google with unfiltered search because you know what's going to happen? Boobies and porn, it's going to just pop up on the first page no matter what they're searching for. And guess what? They're going to click it. That's why you want to look at Kiddle. And that's K-I-D-D-L-E. It's Google's own version of a kid-safe search site. They actually promise a safe web environment for kids. It includes images, video search, and they say it's all vetted by Google's team of editors. It has a 700,000 article encyclopedia. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. On the shelf, never getting used, of course. Did you have World Book or Encyclopedia Britannica? We had World Book. Yeah. I think my grandparents had World Book. My parents were too cheap, like you say, to buy it. (laughs) We had Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. And then every year you'd get the new year in review. I wonder what happened to them. I think we probably gave them to Goodwill or something like that. But about your kid's privacy, Kittle claims that it doesn't collect personally identifiable information. Its logs are deleted every 24 hours. But you have to remember that it's owned by Google. And so things kind of maybe almost slip through every once in a while as far as being safe search. And as far as not tracking, well, if the kids are under 13, they're not supposed to. But, you know, that's how Google makes its money. I know that you're a space nut. You love space. Yeah, I'm a space yeah. nerd. Did you watch the eclipse earlier this oh, week? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, it was beautiful. And that was a great podcast you put together on that, too. Thank you very, very good, much. Very informative. So now you can look up, I guess, images in space. How does that work? Well, you can do this on Google. I mean, you could say space images on Google and then look at images, but it's not the best thing. I mean, from ancient to modern man, we've always been enthralled by the heavens. I mean, we always want to reach out and aim for the stars. But let me ask you this, Michael, before we talk about the images. Would you want to be one of the first space tourists? No. That's one I let the professionals or even the crazies do first. And then maybe, I don't know, after 100 trips or something, and it seems pretty safe. Really? You're not a first adopter going into space now, would you? No, I'm not. But I will tell you, I was at the Triple Creek Ranch in Montana, Uh outside of Hamilton. 
beautiful. It's actually owned by Craig Barrett. Do you know the name Craig Barrett? It sounds familiar. He was like the CEO for a long time of Intel. As a matter of fact, I think we did a podcast, did a podcast with, with him, him yeah. too. He came yeah. down to the studio. So mm-hmm. nice. And that was so funny. I don't know if I told you what happened. But here's the CEO of Intel, former chairman of the board, right? We get him here into Phoenix, get him to the studios. And I go downstairs to greet him like, hey, Craig, how are you? Because I've met him before. And he looks at me and he has the little badge where he signed in with his photo. And uh-huh. he's like, um, did I really need to sign in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you can take that off. You're kind of a big guy on campus. Yeah. So we were there and it's just a heck of a lot of fun. It's like camp for adults. So we did archery and horseback riding. It was such a great time. And we went over to Craig and Barbara's house there at Triple Creek Ranch because they own it. And so Craig and Barbara were showing us all of their beautiful paintings, and they were so complimentary to us about the show and about the network and things until finally I said, listen, we need to stop right here. And then Barbara Barrett looked at me and she said, yes, where did you get those cowboy boots? (laughs) (laughs) I said, dear Valley, and it was amazing. We had a great time. I said, but I have to stop because I'm like your biggest fangirl. And she's like, mine? Because I was writing for Senate or because I was president of the Thunderbird International School. And I'm like, no, because you paid a million dollars to go into space on a Russian rocket. Wow. Okay. I'd love to do that. Really? I would so love to do that. There are things on my bucket list that I want to do, and that's Mm -hmm. one of them. So, yes. So back to the original thing. We'll come on right back now to talk about space (laughs) pictures. Uh, The U.S. government created NASA in the 1950s. And to this day, they continue to, I guess you say, feed our hunger for the final frontier. But other than visiting outer space itself, which, you know, not all of us could do, what better way to experience the great unknown but with pictures and videos? And so when you're looking for NASA images that you can use on your desktop or on your social media feed, of course, linking back to them, the NASA Image Library has pictures from across 60 collections combined into this one searchable database. It's really convenient. So you don't have to hop from agency to agency, page to page to zero in what you're really looking for. So Whether you're searching for pictures of our solar system, these far-off galaxies, moon landings, you can browse through NASA images and you're really bound to find what you're looking for. You can also download the images in all kinds of resolutions. As I mentioned, share them on social media, embed them on your own website, and best of all, they're all free. So let me ask you a question. How do you pronounce this, Michael? G-I-F. How do you pronounce that? Well, I've always said GIF. But I know it's supposed to be GIF because I always pronounce it wrong. Is that correct? Yeah. But it's still like people are like tomato, tomato, GIF, GIF. Yeah. We get what you're talking about. And I love GIFs. Do you send them in text messages? Uh, No. Really? Why not? Well, I got the thumbs up one. But that's the only one I've saved well, because you always send me the thumbs up like, OK. Oh, no. That's just an emoji. Oh, that's an emoji. Sorry. We're talking about like an animated short clip. It loops oh, continuously. Oh, the moving smiley faces and yes, poopy gifs or right. whatever they are. No, I do not use them. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm so mature. <laughs> I send them to Ian and Ian's like, Mom, can you grow up? What's going on? Uh, if you want to get out on the fun and start sharing these clever, hilarious gifs, not gifs. Michael. Mm -hmm. Jiffy is the way to go. And that's G-I-P-H-Y. 
The site is packed with pretty much everything imaginable. It's super easy to use. You just enter a topic into the search bar. You'll see tons of results. So if you're looking for like a happy birthday one, it conveys gratitude, frustration, excitement, doesn't matter. It's all there. Super easy to share too. You just click on the one that you want. Then you select copy link at the bottom of the right. Choose the right format, the short link, and the GIF link works best for sharing. And then you can copy and paste that link pretty much anywhere. Now, you can also get the app. It's free on iOS and Android. Then you can instantly share any GIF via text messaging on Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter. See, this is an example of yet another thing that Google hasn't really owned yet. So you have these specialized search sites where you can just zoom in and get exactly what you need. I know we got to take a quick break here, but coming up next, we're going to talk about a way that you can make money with Bing. Yes. How much money you can make. Oh, Are we going to be millionaires? Oh, and good. And trillions and billions. We're also going to talk about how you can use a search site that doesn't track you like Google. Okay. And before we get to all that, a quick thank you to one of our partners who helped make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Let me tell you something. My life is hectic between work and my family. I don't always have time to shop for myself. And that's why I'm super excited about Stitch Fix. Oh my God, this is so fun. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service. What's fabulous about it is that it finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories that will fit your body and budget and lifestyle. All you have to do is go to stitchfix.com slash Kim and you tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on each item because that's important. You'll be paired with your very own personal stylist who will handpick items to send right to your door. And I love this. You try them on, but you pay only for what you want to keep, what you really like, and then just return the rest. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. There's no subscription required, too. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only $20, and this is applied toward anything that you keep from your shipment. It's so easy to get set up. I can't wait to get my first box. Get started right now at stitchfix.com slash Kim, and you're going to get an extra 25% off when you keep all the items in your box. You have to try this out. It's so great. Stitchfix.com slash Kim. All right, welcome back. Yes, we're going to tell you how you can make money using a search site. Now, you probably are familiar with Microsoft search site. It's called Bing, right? Microsoft has been trying its best to push Bing, but it simply doesn't have the same pull as Google. And so to widen its reach and its user base, Microsoft said, hey, I have an idea. How about if we pay and reward people to use Bing for their web searches? Michael, what was that percentage again? They're in second place. So, okay, that's not terrible, but 2.41%. Wow. Okay. Have you ever used Bing? Uh, yeah. I think when I first downloaded Windows 10, they put it as the default, and I used it once to look up Google so I could download the Google search. <laughs> All right. So you're not going to make money. All right. So how does it work? It works with something that they called Microsoft Rewards. The Microsoft Rewards program will pay you in the form of Amazon, Starbucks, Burger King, Xbox, Microsoft Store, or you get other types of gift cards. So after signing up for a Microsoft account, that's step one. You sign into Bing using that account and you begin searching to earn reward points. So the system will then track your points in the upper right part of the screen. So you can keep track of your earnings while you do what you normally do anyway, that is search the web, only this time you're going to use Bing. So of course the question is, how much money can I make per month using Bing? 
How much do you think? Thousands. No. Uh, is it maybe $2 a week? It, 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 not even. Sometimes <laughs> it's a couple of bucks. It depends on how much you're searching, of course, right? But I have heard that the average earnings are about $25 a month. But, you know, 25 bucks a month, that's for something that you're doing anyway, isn't all that shabby. But is it worth using Bing for versus Google? You know, that's a hard question to answer, but it's totally up to you. Let me just put it this way. I tried Bing for the money and I went back to Google. All right. So let's say that you are a coder or a software developer. And what's really great is that there's a lot of open source software on the internet. Are you familiar with the term open source software, Mike? Open source code means anybody can change the code. Correct. There's a site called libraries.io and it lists thousands and thousands of pieces of open source software. And then you get packages and all kinds of tools that you can use for your projects. And then if you have a libraries.io account, the service is going to alert you when there are any critical software updates, maybe some incompatibility, dependency notifications. So this search site is for the inner geek in every single one of us. So if you're a programmer, a wannabe, or maybe this is your job, there's a wide selection of package managers, including WordPress, RubyGems, Atom, Platform.io. Basically, if it's open source, libraries.io, they have you covered. And finally, everybody knows about Google. Google tracks every single thing that you do on the site. A lot of people don't realize, though, that you can actually get a copy of all the data that Google has on you. Have you ever tried that? I have not. I probably should, huh? Well, it's interesting that, first of all, that they make that accessible. And it's everything that you've searched for, anything in your history, anything that you've said, like with Google Home. I have looked up the maps. Even going back weeks and even months to my maps and where I was on any particular day, which is a little bit It's creepy, creepy isn't it? Yeah. It yeah. is creepy. I have that on my iPhone too. Uh -huh. And it says the last time you went to this place, how long you stayed, some frequent places where you have been. I mean if you were ever messing around on somebody, all mm -hmm. they would have to do is just open up your iPhone or your Android phone and they'd say – so you were at uh, the Sugar Babes Club the other night, <laughs> yeah, weren't right. you? But if you ever want to get a copy of everything that Google has on you, you have to sign in with your Google account. And then you want to go to takeout.google.com. And when you're there, you can download all of the information and take a look at it. Again, that address is takeout.google.com. And a lot of people are always freaked out how much Google knows. So we've mentioned this particular search site a few times on commando.com over the years, and it's DuckDuckGo. They've been around for more than 10 years. It has a really small but loyal user base. In 2017, DuckDuckGo reported that they were doing 20 million searches every single day. And to put this back into perspective, Google reports an average of three and a half billion searches a day. But DuckDuckGo has certainly grown up. They now have a mobile app and a browser extension. And basically, here's the deal. DuckDuckGo doesn't track you the way that Google does. It doesn't allow for targeted advertising. Search results, they say, are unbiased, not based on your search history. Now, you will see advertisements, but they say that these ads are related directly to the phrases that you use to search, and they're actually fewer than Google's ads. So over at commando.com in the newsroom, we did a side-by-side -side search test with DuckDuckGo and Google. And we found that the results were very similar. But I'll tell you, the advertisement-free simplicity of DuckDuckGo kind of looked like the old days of Google. Is it faster than Google? It does seem faster. 
And DuckDuckGo, they actually have a competitor called StartPage. They've been around for a long time too. So if you're looking for an alternative search site to Google that doesn't track you, try DuckDuckGo and then try StartPage. Okay, so those are some alternative sites to Google. And it's hard to imagine a time when that expression just didn't exist. But now Googling things is just another routine part of daily life. So you want to stay right where you are because coming right back, I'm going to be sharing with you some hidden Google search features that you're going to use time and time again. But before we get to all of that, a quick thank you to one of our partners who helped make this podcast possible. We're back with our search engines, but Kim, I said I did my homework, so I looked up a couple of crazy Google facts. Did you know? You probably did. Gmail was launched on April Fool's Day, no joke, and many of the people in Silicon Valley, where they are, thought it was going to be a big joke. Well, I do remember that. People were like, Gmail? How could you have like a Gmail account? What about America Online right, right. or Hotmail? Meanwhile, probably 80 or 90 percent of the country now has – or actually probably the world has a Gmail account. Know, everybody has. How many Gmail accounts do you have? Five. You have five? Why do you have five? I have one for my real estate. I have one for my security system. I have one for my personal email. Actually, I have two for my security system. And then one is just a Joker account where I sign up for newsletters and stuff and then they send it to the Gmail account so I don't get bothered. Now, why do you have two for a security system? I have one for my old security system at my old house, which I don't use anymore, and then one at my new property, uh, Fourplex, so camera systems. Has that guy ever come back? No, he's still in jail. They called me about two weeks ago. This happened in – was it maybe early or mid-December? Oh, yeah. Well, you have to tell the story so in case people okay. aren't familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, my security system had a guy come up to my back door and steal some keys out of the door I was doing the laundry. Those keys had my front and back door, uh, security doors, my utility room, which had the coin-op machines for laundry, and then my storage room. So I was a little worried about it, stayed up all night. He actually came back that night to try to get in one of the utility rooms oh, using geez. the keys. So That's frightening. I waited up all night and uh, long story short, I tracked him down the next morning. He was still in the neighborhood and I just kind of hung with him while on the phone with 911. Okay, you were packing. I was packing. My friends were with me, Smith and Wesson. <laughs> and uh, it took them about 15 minutes to get there. But once they did, they were staging the whole time. And once they did, they pounced. I mean, the cops there was, just came there all was over. cops everywhere. They even had a helicopter there. I don't know if I told you that. No. Yeah, they had a helicopter. Were you there. on the news? Uh, I don't know. I never even watched. But this was the least of his problems. This was petty theft, right? Some keys out of a door. But he was also a wanted felon. He had two felony charges. And so he – like I said, he's still in jail and probably won't be out for a very long time. That's good. Mm -hmm. Did you Google search his mugshot? I did. You did? did? Yeah. And I can't pronounce his name. But uh, yeah, he was was an ugly-looking dude and Mm -hmm. a bad-looking dude. Well, speaking of Google and Gmail – There are some really cool things that you can do with Google that people don't realize. Like if you have any booked flights or dinner reservations through Gmail, you can view that information through Google too. You just type in my reservations right into the Google search and then it will bring up any relevant information. And since it's your personal information, you'll be the only one who can see those results. So if you're having trouble looking at your calendar, wondering where you're supposed to be when, just Google my reservations and then it will totally pop up. Cool. Very cool. Now, have you noticed something in particular being in radio all these years? If somebody says, how long until you get here, are you pretty accurate? Oh, yeah. 
you know, occasionally I still do date. And if I set up an appointment for 2 o'clock, I'm there at between one fifty nine and 2.01. See, I am too. And it's interesting because somebody will say, like, how long before you get here? And I'll actually text them back, like, three and a half minutes. Right. You know, because we have learned to live down to the second. Well, if you are trying to keep track of time, just go ahead and search timer right into Google.com. And it will bring down a default countdown clock of five minutes. But you can just change that for whatever duration need. And then if you click on the upper tab, it actually becomes a stopwatch. So the next time you lose your stopwatch, when we do the Consumer Tech Update, there you, go. you have it right there. Got it. Do you play any musical instruments? Guitar, a little bit, yeah. Are you good at it? I used to be, uh, not so much anymore, you know, but I picked it up a couple of years ago. Remember you were talking about James Taylor yes. and his website for teaching guitar? Oh, I think that's so cool. I went home and looked at James Taylor and some of his songs on YouTube and started the guitar up again. That was probably about five years ago. And you've never asked me to sing with you. Not yet. I'm still working because I need to be that good, you know. You're so lying. (laughs) How about a metronome? Now, this one is geared more for musicians. But if you need a little help with your music, just Google metronome and then you can set the beats per minute. For practicing my guitar. And finally, try to have a little fun using Google from time to time. I mean, there are a few games that you can play by just doing a simple search. Like, for example, just go ahead and search Pac-Man. And you'll see what I mean. Other games, you have Atari Breakout, Zerg Rush. Just play directly right through the browser whenever you need a break. Now, you also find that Google has a few other tricks up its sleeve. And this one's been around for a long time. In the search field, just type in do a barrel roll and then you can see what happens. But if you think about it with Google, just like other companies or brands that have become a generic term for a product, think about you want a tissue or do you want a Kleenex, right? Do you want a copy or... Are you going to Xerox something? What about Band-Aid? Well, the same thing has happened with Google and for a good reason. I mean, even though we spoke about all these other search sites, when you start talking about market share, no other search engine even comes close. I mean, besides saying bang it or I'm yahooing it just doesn't have the same ring. Google used to be cool, right? I don't think they're cool anymore. Do you? Why? Well, just all this stuff about their tracking you. Google was, I mean, such an innovation in its time. And, of course, its market share. Obviously, everybody loves it. But it seems there's a little bit of a different attitude toward Google because they're tracking everybody and because they're keeping track of where you go and everything you search for and basically all the others that are doing the same. Then there was that whole other thing where their company motto was don't be evil. Right. Well, they took that off their website. Right. A lot of people are talking about how maybe Google has too much power, that it could be a monopoly. Right. That we might need to break it up because there's Google Labs, there's Google Loom, and the list goes on and on. But you have to remember it's a public company. And how do they make their money? By tracking you so that this way they can better sell you advertising and give you targeted ads and show you ads for things that you don't even know that you want anymore. But it's not just Google tracking you. Everybody's tracking you, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Think about all the tracking that Amazon's doing too. But we should cover that in another podcast. Yeah, we should. That would be really good because it seems like there's a switch too. We're no longer the customer. Their customer isn't us like it used to be. It's the big advertising agencies. Well, that's how they make all their money, by selling ads and by feeding you ads. Which if you haven't listened to that podcast about Google ads and how you can increase your revenues by 30% by doing pre-header bidding, 
It's pretty awesome. So you always want to make sure that you subscribe to our Commando On Demand podcast. And how do you do that? Well, whether you're on iTunes or Google Play, just hit that big old subscribe button so that every single time we release a new podcast is that it's automatically delivered to you, even when you're sleeping. And do us a huge favor. If you've learned one thing from this podcast, just one little itsy-bitsy thing, give us a great five-star review. But better yet, write some nice words about the podcast because this way, whenever the ratings are taken into consideration on the best of charts, well, that's how you get to the top of the charts. We need more positive ratings, more positive comments because we love you and you love us.